This week on the podcast, I was wrestling in China. Dave Marquez is a stickler for good production. Nick Aldis is way more classier than I am. And my mom watched Joey Ryan flip a man with his dick. You think Nick Aldis's mom would share her thoughts on that? I'm going to say no. Enjoy the show! This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. It's Colt Cabana! All right, how you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax. You're about to listen to the Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast, it's a personal journal. It's an entry way into the minds, the souls, the hearts, and the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, my name is Colt Cabana. I, yeah, I'm jet lag. I say it a lot, but it's full swing right now. Jet lag man. I'm a personality. I'm a traveler. I'm a man who only likes a specific kind of food. And I'm also a man who discovered that there is no subways in China. There's got to be. There. I'll repeat that. I'm a man who couldn't find a subway in China. Most importantly, though, I'm a professional wrestler. And I am sitting here live in my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before I go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge every single Thursday. ColtCabana.com, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. A couple great ways that you can support. Hey, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, please. Tell a friend. Tweet it out. You liking the new style? Facebook it out. Instagram it out. The best way that you can support, though, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, wrestling road diaries, documentaries that I'm very proud of. One, two, and three. The original with Daniel Bryan, filmed in 2009, almost 10 years ago. Still holds up. One of my favorite things that I've ever done in my career. I also have a children's book I wrote. It's all available, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com. I'm going to talk about China I taped a bunch of stuff from China. I travel around. That's what I do. Town to town. Little show, big show, international show, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You name it, I will show up. June 9th, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. So happy to announce. It's been over five years since I've wrestled with Chikara, ChikaraPro.com. I have thrown my hat into the second annual Johnny Kid Invitational. I hope you come out and see me in Philadelphia. I wrestled Johnny Kid in 2004 and 2011, I think, in Chikara. I love his style of wrestling, and I hope to represent well. I'm excited to come back to Philadelphia and Chikara. But that is not where I was this weekend. I was in Wenzhou City, China, going on my first Chinese tour, and I was excited. So excited that a big thank you to AAW and Ring of Honor. I said, hey, guys, I've never been to China. I'd like to go to China. And they were both cool enough to say, hey, go to China. Wrestle your little American butt off. And that's what I did. The travel was brutal. I mean, the first class upgrade on the way there wasn't the worst. But it was a 14-hour trip to Shanghai. That's where I met up with Nick Aldis, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, and Dave Lagana, the guy who was basically heading up the NWA along with Billy Corrigan. And we sat in the Shanghai airport for about eight hours until we took an hour trip from Shanghai to Wenzhou City. Got to the hotel late. The hotel was beautiful. Five-star hotel. They had everything. I do not take that for granted. And that's where I caught up with Dave Marquez, the head of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, along with many other projects. And he kind of told us how uh, how all of this came together. We both made it to, to China. Yes. Thanks to you. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. You've taken me on this tour of China. Thank you for coming. Which isn't really a tour. It's just one show. It's one show. What is this, and how did this become, and where are we, and what are we doing? Uh, we're in Wingchow, which is about an hour, some direction, outside of Shanghai by flight. Um, from what I can tell, it's an industrial... I think we're floating on a barge. 
<laughs> in the middle of some yeah. body, I mean, body of water. I got in that last night very late, and then this morning when the light was there, I looked out and there's. I was like, oh, we're on the ocean yeah. or the sea? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know much about the town. Um, uh, we're in an awful nice hotel. There's no air conditioning that is worth talking about. Mm. Uh, but uh, it, three years ago, maybe almost four years ago, I started getting contacted about doing a show in China. And uh, I've come here twice now. This is my third trip. And uh, uh, meeting with government officials and uh, local promoters and sponsors and different production companies. It took probably a good three years to finally get to actually doing a show uh, this Saturday coming up. So uh, a lot of hands have been involved in this, not just uh, in China, but in, all across the U.S. And here we are. <laughs> how, many, how many times did you throw your hands up just like, oh, this isn't happening? A few times. I mean, you know me well enough. Yeah. I mean, it's a few times, really, truly. It, um, uh, you know, in wrestling, we're told a lot. And as a promoter, I try not to oversell things to you guys because I know you guys have heard everything right. and always everything. So I try to downplay most everything. Uh, like this one, too. I think I even told you once, like, no, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it happened. Uh, and, and we put a, a really good group of people together from Los Angeles, actually all over the country, uh, if not the world. And uh, now we're doing it. Right. And uh, there was three days. The first day was getting to know the sponsors, probably kissing their ass a little bit, doing whatever we had to to kind of fulfill the idea that they've flown us over to China. The second day was a press conference, and then the third day would be the show. So we all kind of woke up. We went to four different locations. The only one I knew for sure was a Land Rover dealership. The other three were just kind of in the middle of the street taking pictures. There was a green bottle of water that we were supposed to promote, also an energy drink that smelled like cinnamon and cough medicine. What if they heard this and got mad? I doubt it. And now they're just blasting my music. Wow. I'd say 25 people from the media. Well, I'd say 25 people from the media are taking pictures with bike sponsors and water sponsors. And there's posters of us up all over the place. And everyone's taking pictures. And this is super weird. Oof, and then that night, the uh, the sponsors, I guess the money men behind the thing, there was a guy named Mr. Lee, and I couldn't stop thinking about the song from Stand By Me, which I think showed my age a little bit. But they treated us to this dinner. I mean, it was a feast, and that's where I've realized that I hate all food. I mean, I, I, I'm i a hard date. That's a, that's a fact. It was just all weird food, chicken toes and tongue. That wasn't like the good tongue. It, looked, it was like a weird actual tongue. Oh, it was so gross. Then finally they bring out chicken, and I'm all excited. And then there's the actual chicken head. Fried, deep fried maybe? I don't know, but he's just staring at me. And uh, the Americans were having a great laugh at my expense. But those are the ones where you just smile and you you try to make it look like you don't hate what's going on and just want to go downstairs and eat McDonald's, I guess. The next day there was a press conference. Nick Aldis, who was Magnus, if you remember, in uh, Impact Wrestling. I mean, he's dressed to the nines. This is just a classy guy. Way classier than I am. I've got a 
polo shirt that I bought at a thrift store, I think, years ago. And in my head, I'm like, look at me. I'm all dressed up. And uh, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about style. I don't want to be stylish, but I also realize, like, fuck, I look like a fucking bum. Maybe if I'm getting flown to China. Maybe I should look the part a little bit. All I brought was jeans. I mean, I did bring a nice button-down black T-shirt, I guess, but I still look, ugh. I know the point is, like, I get to do the job that I want to do, and I I never have to dress up, and that's what I love about my job. But I don't know. I felt like such a like a child, a man child. Anyways, that was a bit of the press conference. I I know nobody knows what they're saying. I mean, maybe one person, maybe one of you. If John Cena is listening, he knows Chinese, right? But uh, it was just a whole lot of talking. There was a little press, but I think the press was paid by Mr. Lee. I think he's just one of these bajillionaire guys. Nobody knows how these things come through. I mean, Marquez does, but I don't even think he does. So I was on a stage. I didn't say anything. And then all the other wrestlers kind of went on a stage, and then we took a bunch of pictures. And then I sat down with Nick Aldis a little bit and asked him his thoughts on uh, on this tour and the show. Actually, it's pretty much met you know most of my expectations. Like I felt like just from the from the correspondence and stuff, I I got the feeling that it would be very professionally sort of organized and presented and stuff. I mean, it's it, it's fascinating when you think about. A country, like we, you know, we've done all these. We've wrestled in the UK and America predominantly, where wrestling is so familiar, and yet the professionalism of like most promotions is nowhere near like where it should be. And yet we come to China, where they don't really know the product yet, and it's sponsored by Land Rover, sponsored by a bottled water company. We've got like a promo spots all over the city where we're going to and like you know I think it's because it's the more money put into it yeah. the more they're like we hit better be professional because I and, think it's an expensive thing and we and we sort of I think we sort of fucked ourselves in that respect because we stopped presenting as a culture yeah, America as a culture right. we, right. well the, the business in general we stopped presenting it in that fashion which then in turn led to it being received in that way by the rest of the world mm-hmm. like we, you know I've said it before, but the the whole sort of as fascinating as it is, and as much as I consumed that element of the product as as a, as a kid or as a teenager, a lot of the sort of exposure of how the business works, I think, was harmful in that respect. You know what I mean? Because here they don't know, they don't know any of that yet, so it's like they're getting this they're still getting this different version and this sort of. Um, I mean, I disagree. I, I don't disagree, but I'm. I understand my place in wrestling. Like mm. you would be a guy in in the in the seventies or whatever it would be. That maybe. Like, I'm I think saying, you, sell, you might be selling yourself short there, though. You know, it's because like. Well, but I know, like I've made my living on the idea well, of like underground also, independent. Well, yeah, but you're also a savvy businessman. Like you, you, you did that. I think based on the idea that you you have a very keen. You know, you have a very keen sense of where it was going. So you catered, right? So you, you know, you're a businessman. You catered to where the market was going, the market trend. You didn't. I don't. I think that had, had you come along in a different era, you would have, you would have adapted to that. Yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's just my impression. You know, right. uh, but, 
I think for me it was, yeah, certainly the, the, the appeal of what I've been doing with NWA is the fact that it's like a challenge to see how far we can, you know, how much we can do as far as presenting it in that way again. He just sounds better than everybody, right? I don't get intimidated, but I'm just like, I think he's better than me as a human being. He plays the part of human being better than me. I mean, I like what I'm doing, but where does he buy those suits from? And you know he's reading newspapers. That's a guy that reads newspapers for sure. It makes it makes sense that he's the NWA champion. I get it. Billy Corrigan bought it. Dave Lagana is basically doing all the hustle work. He flew out to China. Lagana was there filming everything. I'm sure a lot of documentary stuff's going to come out with me uh, in the future. Be on the lookout for that. And we head to the building that night. The building is above a Walmart. That's a real thing, <laughs> which I think is kind of fun because when you sum up kind of Southern wrestling, right, there's those pictures of people wrestling in Walmarts and you're just like, oh, Oh no, that's not a that's not a good look for us. I'm gonna go away to an international tour to China, stay in a five star hotel. Okay, where are we wrestling? Oh, in a Walmart, basically, and that's where I met up with uh, Dave Lagana. All right, how did you get roped into this? Coming to Walmart? No, coming to China. Coming to China? Well, our good friend Dave Marquez um, and Simon and Oki they wanted to have an NWA title match, so. As we wander around Walmart, you know, the NWA title's never been here. They are enamored with the NWA here. They love it. The logo, the logo is on everything. So, you know, we, we were supposed to come before, and, you know, it didn't happen. And now here we are. Well, did they want this before you started? You and Billy brought back the NWA? Do you the, know? No, the tour, I think, was about eight months ago. But we were... We got roped into the January tour, and then that got pushed back, and then I think we called you for April. And, uh, you know, they they did a little research. They looked up the belt and saw the history with it, and they wanted it. So, I mean, it's the main event. It's, it's Nick is literally on a poster in front of his Walmart yeah. with the belt. So. And then your job here is what? Uh, I will going to be documenting the match and the story, documenting you here in Walmart. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Managing the asset. Okay, and your expectations for tomorrow's match? Uh, I think it'll be an interesting... Not the match itself, just the whole show. I think it's an interesting experiment to not have any idea what's going to happen. So crazy, right? Like, we we came here, we had no idea, and they're expecting 5,000, 4,000, 5,000 people. I think it could be anywhere from 50 people to (laughs) 20,000. These posters have been up here for a month. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, we'll see what it is. You're, you're, and you have to stand out there and figure out what this audience wants. Yeah. And, they, and they have no, they've never seen wrestling before. Oh, wonderful. We came a night before to the arena. And uh, it looks really cool. I'd say there's about, it's a little smaller, just a little smaller than uh, Ryogoku Sumo Hall, which is where I wrestled two weeks ago. But just not by many. And there's a giant truss. There's L- is that David? You say that's LED lights. Yeah. LED lights all around. Uh, looks like a lot of money is put into this. I think it's kind of satisfying knowing that I'm going to be wrestling here. And going through my head as I'm just kind of sitting there looking at the arena, kind of um, I guess visualizing what the next night's going to be while we're wrestling there. Those are the thoughts that I have. That's what I think about. All I'm thinking about is the crowd what they're going to act like, what they're going to react to, what I have to do as a performer, 
And sometimes we get a little selfish like that as professional wrestlers because as I'm having those thoughts, I see Dave Marquez, the production side of it, having a bit of a tiff with the Chinese directing crew, production crew, and television crew. The reason why I'm explaining this to you is that you have a master shot, so it's showing off the whole scene. But if if they're going to hit or something on camera, sometimes if they're going to hit, hit, okay, touch. So if they're going to go like this, he's going to make a big exaggeration. And you need a camera on the ground so when he turns around, you get his, his face and his expression. Yeah. So if he's mad, you have to push into him being mad. Uh, or if he's, you know, he's happy, that yeah. he's proud of what he's done, you need to have that and ready to go. That's why it's important for the cameras not to be locked down and be mobile. Yeah. Yeah, I What's the problem here now? Uh, just... Uh, uh, culture differences in production and uh, um, different philosophies. You know, How do they, they want to shoot it? Uh, they want to lock four cameras down in the four corners of the room high. And uh, you can't necessarily do it that way. Just I don't know if it's physics, but it just doesn't work. So just imagine someone running a football field and they're at the 20 and they're at the 10 and then all of a sudden they switch a camera and they're at the 50 and they're at the 60 just because they've completely switched directions. That's kind of what we're trying to do not want, happen. Do they want not want to switch it? Oh, what's that? Are they fighting you on doing it? Oh yes, they are. They're definitely <laughs> fighting me. The ramp coming out, I've already fought them on that. Uh, there's no ring lighting uh, designated for the ring. It's, it's, it's really nice lighting for sure, but it's not television lighting. And their way of producing television and, and our way of producing television in the States, of course, is night and day. So we think of the viewer, we think of presentation, we think of no shadows, we think of making it as clean and sterile as possible, a clean image, uh, where they're, uh, don't care. <laughs> Lagana and I just left the building. Dave was there arguing with those people, so we left and uh, we wanted to get something to eat, so we just headed back to the hotel. I actually blew Dave Lagana's mind, and I don't know if this is weird. You, you tell me if this is weird. But this is what happened. The restaurant was closed after we were at the building. And I just told you I've never gotten room service in my life. I don't life. believe that. You just told me you've been traveling for 20 years yeah. and you've never gotten room service. Never once gotten room service. How many times have you gotten room service? This year? In the, uh, um, in I the used thousands? To get, no, I used to get a lot more as a WB. I don't, I don't get it that much. But uh, I would say about 100 times. 100, maybe? Never. Zero times for me. I was going to say, maybe Kurt Hawkins once when I was in SmackDown got it, and I like ate some fries off of his thing. But Ooh. I would never even think about it. It's, not, really? even, it's not even an option. But here it's so much cheaper than, like... That's not even... It's That still doesn't... We, we did the math on what we ordered the other night when we got in, and it was, like, 30% cheaper even if you would have went to a restaurant in America. That's why I was okay with it. That, then take that money, and we can go out yeah. or... Or, well, or, there's no options here. We're yeah, in a hotel yeah. in the middle of Wenzhou. My, my option would have been just eating protein, protein bars. You got a big match tomorrow. We had to feed you. <laughs> it's the morning. It's 9 a.m. I think it's like midnight in America. <laughs> uh, it's the morning of the show. I feel we've just been here forever doing nothing, which is kind of weird. I guess we, I don't know. It's like we came in too early. <laughs> I'm not used to that. 
At least we, I don't think we did enough activities. We didn't do enough activities before the wrestling. So it's just been sitting in this fucking hotel. We'll have to go down for breakfast. And then today's the big show. I gotta put on some spray tan, do some squats in my room like an old timer. That's all I ever think of. I did a tour of Japan once with Nick Bockwinkle, and he said every morning he'd get up and do 100 squats and use his strength bands to get a workout in. He was like 70 at the time. And I always think I'm less of a person because I don't get up and do squats and bands like Nick Bockwinkle did at 70 years old. I'm just going to roll out and walk downstairs. And as I walked downstairs, who did I run into? Dave Marquez. Wanted to find out how his night went. Yeah. Did anything get resolved last night? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, how long were you there till? Uh, after you left, probably another three hours. To, uh, All talking and negotiating camera placement. Yeah. Yeah. And who won? On paper, I won, but we haven't got there yet. So, and once the cable's laid, and because our original call time for me was at yeah, you should be doing nine. Oh, noon. noon. They moved it to noon, and now they moved it to three, and they were arriving at ten. Oh, so they're going to set up everything. Yes, so it tells me they've removed me from the situation. So when I get there, I can't do anything about it. The the one thing that I did win was putting our American hard cam operator integrating them into their Chinese crew. So at least we'll have a a good shot. And that communication will be perfect there. It would be fantastic. It's a... uh, he'll he'll be able to understand. Maybe he's still drunk from last night, so it'll all work together anyway. All right, good luck. Yeah, thank you. Good luck to you. And off we went to the show. Also, side note, a bunch of Land Rovers just picked us up because we had a sponsorship. So we didn't have a, a bus or limousines or taxis or Ubers. Just Land Rovers. It's pretty badass. It was a five-match show. One of the early matches was a guy named Shannon the Cannon Rich. He was a 47-year-old MMA fighter fighting another dude from Japan who was an MMA fighter, but uh, the whole thing was a wrestling match for sure. But I guess they were portraying an MMA match. The very opening match was a dude from Italy named Vito, and he was wrestling another local wrestler who was Chinese, and I caught up with him. He says his name here in a second, but he said his American name was Stan because he loves Eminem. Me and Adam Thornstow of Reno Scum tried to explain that, like, you didn't want to be Stan? Like, that's not the guy you wanted to be? But he, I, mean, I don't think that translated well. And he's like, no, I love Eminem. I'm Stan. That's my American name. Uh, Chinese name, Ling Dongxuan. I am Chinese wrestler. Yeah? yeah. Where do you train? Uh, I'm training in Shanghai Dojo. With who? Uh, Kingston Suzuki. Is he good? Very good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm not him. Okay. He, is today your first match? No, no, no. I'm, I, I, I am in Japan. It's uh, maybe 20 match. 20? Ja- yeah, in Japan. And who are you wrestling tonight? Uh, my... Uh, Wito. Wito. I always Wito fight. Okay. Are you excited? Really, really. Because NWA. Yeah. NWA. I'm from the Chinese in NWA. Oh. First. Uh, China, Charlie's NWA first. First. Number one. Okay, exciting. Thank you. There were two other matches before Nick and I. One of them was Reno Scum versus Eric Watts. And it was supposed to be another guy named Barrington 
who uh, I don't think understood how to get a Chinese visa. So the night before, he just told Marquez he couldn't come. And last minute, Alex Chamberlain was more than happy to take the booking. Oh, I saw you last week up in New Orleans. So I literally got back from New Orleans uh, late Monday night, um, had to film a commercial 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Where, in Florida? In Florida, in Miami. Um, and that was a 14-hour shoot day. <laughs> Finished that up. Got a little bit of sleep through Wednesday, and then got the call. Dave started to text me in the morning and be like, hey, man, uh, might have a call out, so you ready to go? I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, you just keep me updated. Is that something you had been warned about? He told me he told me like a couple months ago that they were going to be coming here, but he won't be coming the second round. Gotcha. Because I've had a visa here. For, I've mm-hmm. come here before. I've come to – I went to Harbin before, so, man, he knows I have a work visa. I'm good to go whenever. What did you wrestle for here before? We, we came up to do a wrestling – to show them what pro wrestling was. Cause we went there. It was a joint, uh, joint thing with M1 Global, okay. which is what, uh, you know, Fedor Emelianenko. Uh, he's, a, he's a big UFC fighter. Fedor, he's like, I know yeah. Fedor, So yeah. it, it's his company. Him and Vadim Fikerstein owned. They were doing a big cross promotion with pro wrestling up there, and they brought us in for as consultants because they didn't know what pro wrestling was. So they just wanted to sit down, give them a little demonstration at a show, at an MMA show, to see gauge an audience and teach them what pro wrestling is because mm-hmm. they wanted some investors. So, um, so that's how I originally got my visa to come to China before. So Dave called me at on Wednesday night at about. 1 a.m. And he goes, hey, can you make a 5 a.m. flight for China? I'm like, sure, man. I'll just pack, repack my, I literally didn't pack my bag from New Orleans. So I was like, all right, repack, wash my stuff, repack it. I was literally on a plane. And, and then, then what, a 14-hour flight? 14-hour flight, yep. 14-hour flight for, out of Miami. Got stuck in Shanghai with a 10-hour layover. And then my flight got canceled uh, about 20 minutes before I was supposed to take off. And I didn't even know. So I got stuck in Shanghai for the night. And then flew out this morning. And did you sleep at the hotel? Or did you, or did you, are you sleeping there? Yeah, they put me up in a hotel in Shanghai. Okay. okay. So they put me up in a hotel there. And like that was cool. Like, they took care of all that stuff. So when did you get into into Wenzhou? I got into Wenzhou uh, today at around uh, noon. At noon? Yeah, at noon. And you're leaving tomorrow at 5 a.m.? Yes, I am. <laughs> not bad? It's wrestling, man. Dude. And you're not even complaining about it? Man, it's cool, man. It's for the story, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, how many times do you get an opportunity to like, you know, travel the other side of the world and do yeah. something like that real quick? I, mean, I think that's so important that people hear that and also see that he's not sitting on social media bragging about how much he wants it, hashtag wants it, or how much more professional he is than everybody. Because uh, a lot of people would have done that and a lot of people do that. But there are so many stories about real professionals who don't just go out there and brag that that's part of the job. That's what you do. You get a call, you show up. I mean, you can make a big deal of it, but also you can uh, act like you've been there before. And just know for every person who yells to Twitter and Facebook or whatever it is, how professional they are, there's guys like Alex who just uh, show up and do the job. There's also girls like Alex. Well, that didn't make much sense, but uh, the girl there was a girls' match. Heather Monroe from uh, Los Angeles wrestled Barbie Hayden. And Barbie also had a hell of a travel week. I, so I left my house Tuesday at 3 a.m., drove two hours to the airport, show up. You live in Houston. I, I live in College Station, and I drove to Houston. Okay. And when I get there, I go to internationals because I assume, okay, I'm going to Toronto and then to China. Turns out it's supposed to be in domestic. So I get there, and they try to check me in. And I'm there for like 30 minutes with them at least. And then I have to take a train over to where I'm supposed to be and get there at 5.51 and the cutoff was 5.50. So, so you missed your first flight. Yeah. 
Okay, missed so, the first one. So yeah. then what happens? So I drove back from Houston Paul Station. I slept for a few hours and then kind of did it all over again. Went back up there, made that flight, made it to Toronto, okay, made it to uh, Shanghai, okay. And then I'm at Shanghai for like seven hours in my like lobby or my gate. And when I go to check in and get on the flight, they then tell me, oh, this is not even the right place you're supposed to be. You're an eight. You're supposed to be in 203. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you missed that flight. I missed that flight terribly. Yeah, for sure. So that, that was a, So you got into Shanghai like around noon? Uh, like, yeah, a little afternoon, yeah. And then you're, you had a 7 o'clock flight or whatever? Uh, I had a 10 o'clock 10 flight. o'clock flight. Yeah, you yeah. You missed that one. Mm-hmm. And, and then when's your next flight? So then I had to go to a hotel, which took, like, an hour to, like, get checked in and all that stuff. I sleep for three hours, and then I got right back up at, like, 6 a.m. Flight. Yeah. So it was a long one. Yeah, it was, was. It was all terrible. Right. <laughs> the match finished about an hour ago. Um, and we put in... I don't know, maybe 25, 30 minutes. There was a lot of work to try to get the crowd involved. For me, that's what I felt. So I felt that a lot of energy was put towards that crowd, and then it was lost during the wrestling. (laughs) The wrestling was good, but I don't know. It just makes me want to lose 25 pounds. So maybe that's the next. Maybe that'll kick my butt in gear. Give me some motivation. But I mean, I didn't die afterwards. But I'm just exa- just exhausted. I remember I used to go on tour in Japan, and I just remember being so blown up. And Bison Smith, who I wrestled with in Noah, he's like, "Ah, oh, first match of the tour, you're gonna be blown up. That's a given." And I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe that's why I was so blown up." And two two weeks in, he's like, "Yep, two weeks in, you're definitely gonna be blown up. You're still adjusting." And then like by the last week. It's been a long tour. You've been riding on buses. You're definitely going to be blown up. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, it makes me miss Bison Smith. But I always thought that was funny. He was justifying it for me. I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. And I'll let you know, as uh, as I record this, the diet has been impeccable. No more junk for me. Back on the bandwagon. Uh, you can try to hold me to it. I did head downstairs, though. We had one last celebration uh, talk to Reno Scum about their uh, first tour of China. The first one that's going to talk is Adam Thornstow, and then Lust of the Legend is right after that. Tell me about your experience in China. That was pretty awesome, actually. I feel like rock star tonight, man. Did you? Yeah. In what sense of the way? In the sense that uh, I didn't think the Chinese fans were going to make any noise, and then they, they lost it when we came out. I mean, got a few of them chanting oi. Yeah, but they didn't keep chanting oi. That's what they I chanted thought. with us, and then, and then when as soon we as stopped, stopped, they stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt. I, I started a weird boom boom chant that when I was doing it, they were into they it. They were cheering, right? Yeah. They didn't understand the concept of continuation. I think we opened the door for them, though. Is this <laughs> your guys' first international thing? It is. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. guys been wrestling a long time. Yeah, yeah it's the first time we. How uh, long have you guys each been wrestling? It'll be 17 years oh, this year. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's and, satisfying, right? Finally, yeah. <laughs> International has been on the bucket list for a long time, man. Yeah. So, nice. I never would have guessed China. To be the first one, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. But I'm humbled by the opportunity. I mean, so when Adam asked me, he's like, hey, you want to go to China? I was like, yeah, but No, China? he said, is there Panda Express there? <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting on the flight from San Francisco and, like, I had some bad anxiety about Because, like, it wasn't the most well put together tour at first <laughs> okay. I mean, that's just me you know like i was like yeah marquez said someone will pick us up so they did and that was cool and then uh 
don't know, customs was kind of like, ah, yeah, go through. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm just stoked. Like, seriously, happy to be here. Happy to be here. And I'm happy for them. I'm happy for everybody. It was a fun tour. It was a nice tour. They said, uh, yeah, maybe November we'll come back. We'll see. But it was one to check off the bucket list. And yeah, there was a realization that there is not much in Wenzhou City. Uh, all the action is probably in Shanghai or Hong Kong or whatever it might be. But hey, you get to say you went to China at least once in your life. I don't think I would have ever done that had it not been for professional wrestling. And also had it not been for uh, Dave Marquez, who's always been great. A great friend, a great promoter, works very hard, puts on a great show in Los Angeles, California. And he also texted me screen captures of the camera shots, which were awful. Three of the same cameras at the basically the same angle. And there was a floor cam, which he said just basically showed the ropes the whole time. Oh, Dave. Poor Dave. He said he can work around it. That's what he does best. I look forward to seeing the match. Stay tuned to YouTube slash NWA to watch all those goodies coming up. Speaking of coming up, I made my mom watch Dan Shukodino versus Joey Ryan. Well, at least the part where Joey suplexes him with his own dick. And that's that's going to come up right after these plugs and upcoming events. All right, the best way that you can support ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter and Instagram, at Colt Cabana, Facebook slash AOW Podcast, my storytelling podcast, Pro Wrestling Fringe, plus past archives of this show and the classic show. They're ad-free. StitcherPremium.com slash Colt. Use the code Colt. Get a free month. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe a promoter will want to put me on your upcoming show or convention, or maybe you want to be documented on this podcast. I also got a YouTube channel. I also have a website, ColtCabana.com, where you can send me something in my P.O. Box. Just like Micah the Librarian from Louisville, Kentucky did. Send me some stickers. Thank you very much. And a nice card. What a thoughtful card that was. Upcoming tonight, April 19th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Facebook slash ICW Milwaukee. Friday, April 20th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. ZelloPro.com. Saturday and Sunday, April 21st, 22nd. Dallas and Denton, Texas. ImperialWrestlingRevolution.com. Friday and Saturday, April 27th and 28th. West Palm Beach in Lakeland, Florida. ROHWrestling.com. May the 4th. Brooklyn, New York, WrestlePROnline.com, May the 5th. I'm doing a training camp. Come train with me, Tom Pritchard, Rip Rogers, and Pat Buck, also WrestlePROnline.com. May 9th through the 12th, huge Global Wars tour, Toronto, Boston, Chicago, Detroit. I'll be doing commentary, ROHWrestling.com. Saturday, May 19th, Nashville, Tennessee, Facebook slash Overdrive Pro. TN. The music is done by Super Fun. Yeah, yeah, Rocket Ship. Podcast cover art is designed by Jimmy Lee and the photos by James Muscle White. Thanks to Dave Lagana, Nick Aldis, Dave Marquez, Reno Scum, Barbie Hayden, Alex Chamberlain, and Stan for being a part of the show this week. Thanks to our sponsor, HighSpots.com. A VOD service that is amazing. PWG, Kevin Steen Show, AMA Knee Pads, Gear, Wrestling Masks, A Wrestling Ring. Also, OneHourTees.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. That is where you can support your favorite independent wrestler directly. And now for a favorite segment of the show, hashtag AskCabanaMom. Just tweet me at Cole Cabana. Use that hashtag with something that you want to know my mom's opinion about. We can do pictures. We can do videos. Nothing too long, though. Ask smart. Be creative. This week, at Alex M. Acosta asks my mom what she thinks of Joey Ryan's U-Pornplex. Hello, it's Mama Cabana from her studio apartment 
in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. I did watch the match between Joey Ryan and his Japanese opponent, and I'm still wondering why he would want to grab onto Joey Ryan's penis. Unless Joey Ryan stuffed his pants like a Tom Jones type of thing. But maybe grabbing onto penises in Japan turns on the audience, men and women. And then when the Japanese opponent got flipped, when they talk about phony uh, fights and wrestling, I could see that was pretty phony because Joey Ryan didn't even touch him. The Japanese wrestler just flipped himself over. I thought it was ridiculous, phony, and not really appropriate to be grabbing on to people's penises. So that's it. Mama Cabana, thanks. You think uh, Joey Ryan's going to go after my mom the same way he does with uh, the other luminaries in the world of professional wrestling? I hope not. You never know with Joey. Any publicity is good publicity for that man. All right, this has been The Art of Wrestling for Cole Cabana. I'm Cole Cabana. Thanks.